getting emotional. I haven't even started. What is the deal here? Must be the weather. Or maybe it's just the joy to be able to stand next to this lady and worship again. I tried looking up an appropriate joke, couldn't find one. I tried to make one up, that didn't work either. The only thing that came to mind is I remember a, a fellow that was traveling somewhere on a, by way of a plane, airplane, and the pilot gets on the intercom, said, I have good news and I have bad news. So I'll start with the bad news first. We've lost all of our instruments. All the electric has gone off. We have no idea where we are. Good news is we're making good time. <laughs> Father God, I ask you right now that you would be with us this morning, that you would uh, temper my words, that you, your message would come forth to your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray and the church said, Amen. Amen. What I want to speak to you today what I want to share with you today, because I'm not going to speak at anybody, what I want to share with you is wilderness journeys, journeys we have through the wilderness. And when you think about a wilderness journey, I'm not specifically talking about a physical trek through from here to there. There are different kinds of wilderness, wilderness, it's going to be hard for me to say wilderness journeys. There are physical journeys, there are emotional journeys, there are spiritual journeys. And the Bible talks about them all. Because we all experience them from time to time. In the Hebrew, wilderness is the midbar, M-I-D-B-A-R. M-I-D-B-A-R. Now, since Hebrew has no vowels, it's actually M-D-B-R, okay? So midbar is Hebrew for a desert or a desolate place. But the same letters also in Hebrew means to speak. Isn't that interesting? Same word, two different meanings, same culture. And the Bible is full of wilderness events from the very beginning. We can look at Abraham. Abraham found himself in a wilderness of waiting. 25 years, 300 months, 1,300 weeks, 9,125 days between the promise and the birth. That's a lot of waiting. That's a lot of waiting. And in that time, God spoke to him three times. Genesis 15, 5, 17, 16, and 18, 10. Reassuring him of the promise 
that he's been waiting for for 25 years. He was in a wilderness of waiting. Have you ever been in a wilderness of waiting? I have. Moses had at least two wilderness events, at least two, probably more, when he fled Egypt after killing the the Egypt. The Egypt. I t I'm going to take these in and I'm get them reworked. I don't know what it is. Reworked, but uh, he ended up in Midian where God spoke to him from a burning bush in the wilderness and sent him on a mission to free Israel from bondage, leading them into the promised land through the wilderness. They didn't get there right away. But God continued to speak to them. Whether it be a pillar of smoke or fire, God was always there, and he did speak to them. But every time they rebelled, he made them turn left, you know, continue in the wilderness for 40 years. The interesting one I found while looking this up would be Elijah. He had a few wilderness events. But he found himself in a spiritual wilderness. Now, when we first see him, he is, he's boldly delivering a word to uh, Ahab from God. No water will fall on Israel. And this wasn't good news for Ahab, no good news at all, because they depended on the rain for their survival. But not for the intervention of God himself did Elijah, was he able to escape Ahab. In fact, God told his faithful servant to hide by the brook Cherith. Cherith. Say that with store-bought teeth. Cherith. Kind of look at my heavy word. I got the Bible down here because I put it on the stand, and the stand ended up at my knees. So we've got some heavy word today. Stay. First King chapter seventeen. We'll start at uh, verse three, where the Lord came to him, saying, "Go away from here, turn eastward, and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is in the east of Jordan." I sh it shall be that you will drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went there, did according to what the, Lord, the word of the Lord said, and he lived by the brook Cherith, which is in the east of the Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread in the meat in the evening. And he would drink from the brook. Is that the first DoorDash recorded, maybe? No. And it happened after a while that he drank all the water up. Because there was no rain in the land.
You know, that might not have been a desert, but it was a desolate place. The only thing there was the brook. Eventually, when the brook dried up completely and it began, became a barren, uninhabitable land, but it was exactly where God wanted him to be. Sometimes we can be in the center of God's will and be in a wilderness. This is proof so. Now, conversely, three years later, Elijah won his greatest victory when he prayed down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel and defeated 850 prophets of Baal and Asherah, if I'm spelling, pronouncing that right. But then things kind of went south. Queen Jezebel was after him to kill him. Because he, with God's help, eliminated all her prophets. So in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we are going to start At, uh, we'll just start at verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elisha had done and how he had killed all the prophets with a sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She was after him. What did he do? He was afraid, 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 and arose and ran for his life and came to bear Sheba, which belongs to Judah. He left a servant there, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down underneath a juniper tree. And he requested for himself in other words he asked God that he might die he gave up he said that's it I'm done take me Lord oh Lord take my life for I am not better than my father's and he laid down and he slept under that juniper tree and behold there was an angel touching him And he said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and behold, there at his head was bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank. Then what did he do? Took another nap. Laid back down. I kind of do that too when I eat a big meal, but. Then the angel came again a second time, touched him, and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights to Herob, the mountain of God. Then he came there to a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing here? He was hiding. He was running. He was hiding from God. You can't hide from God. 
And the Lord caught up to him and says, what? what are you doing? Can you just imagine the expression? What are you doing? But see, this time he's in the wilderness, not because God sent him there. This was his choosing. God hadn't called him to the desert. God's last instructions to him were to stand up atop of a mountain and win a glorious victory. He ran to the desert as a lack of faith. God came to him again. The first time when God came to him and said, what are you doing here? He started making excuses. Well, you know, we, I did all this, and now she's after me, and I can't get nowhere. The second time God came to him and said the same thing, what are you doing here? What does he do? Same excuses. Well, you know. But in each case, God met him there. And in doing so, he transformed his life. Looking at David. David spent 13 years in the wilderness as a fugitive. Hebrews 11, verse 32 through 34 and what more shall I say, for time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, I can't pronounce half these, Jephthah, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the fire, the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Hebrews 11.38 says, Of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about the deserts and mountains and in the dens and the caves of the earth. That was David's journey. You might have expected that his journey would be easy. God chose him. God anointed him. He was going to be king. But the final destination was a little ways off. Saul turned against David and wanted to kill him. David had to run for his life. He would spend 13 years as a fugitive from Saul. These journeys would take him through the wilderness. Wilderness. He hid in caves. He escaped around mountains. He experienced the elements. He often lacked food. He was under constant threat of spies finding out where he was and reporting him. During all this time, he had to provide for himself and the men who followed for him. Eventually, he had to flee the very promised land and pretend to be a madman in front of a foreign king. As a fugitive, these are some of the things that he faced. Loneliness. 
isolated from his best friend, Jonathan. Physical hardships, mental stress, fear for his life, enemies and spies, an unclear destination and doubt. See, God had anointed David as king. He was chosen by God. He was the recipient of a promise and blessings from God. But his life sure didn't look like it. Did God make a mistake? I don't think so. Maybe David got it wrong. Why did God allow David to go through all this, all these wilderness years? Could have, he could have deposed Saul at any time. It was clear that in God's divine providence, he allowed David to spend these years in the wilderness to teach him important lessons that he needed to learn in order to be a faithful follower. To see what lessons those are, we look at two passages. We're going to look at them. One of them is in Psalms that David wrote himself while fleeing as a fugitive. The other is a narrative account of an encounter he had with Saul. So Psalm 63, this is a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. So God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. And in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary. Behold your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of night. You have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for the jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult. For the mouths of liars will be stopped. That pretty much says it all. In verse 1 to 2, of that it says oh god you are my god earnestly i seek you my soul thirsts for you my flesh faints for you as in the dry and weary land there is no water so i have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your glory and power in verse 3 it shows that the wilderness taught david that god's love is better than life because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. The reason that Saul didn't value having a relationship with God, because of Saul's rebellion, God abandoned him. Wilderness. 
God had to learn the secret, secret of contentment like, like Paul did later. In Philippians 4, 12 through 13, it says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him that strengthens me. Wildernesses. John the Baptist, Baptist preached in the wilderness. And after he baptized Jesus, we all know the spirit fell on Jesus and a voice from God declared to all that this is my son. Afterwards, the spirit led our Lord into the wilderness or the desert. Forty days and nights to be tempted after which angels came and ministered to him. Doesn't matter what wilderness you are in, whether it's a wilderness of waiting, whether it's a confusion, a spiritual wilderness, loneliness, depression, fear, hunger, desperation. You just want to give up. If you're in that wilderness, then you have to remember is you are not alone. You may feel like you are, but you're not alone. And God takes us into these wilderness areas. So you can be, in some ways, alone. No distractions. No internet. No cell phones. <laughs> no distractions. He wants your attention. Perhaps you're out there for a time where he can just speak. Just to get to know him, just to listen to him. To seek his word, listen for his voice. So he can feed your spirit. That he can nourish your soul. got to wait on him. One thing I've learned about following Jesus is there's no formula. There's no A plus B equals C that gets you to the end, that gets you to where God wants you. As soon as you develop a formula, he changes it. As well, if I pray 20 hours a day and I fast the other four <laughs> because I'm asleep, then things will fall into line and, and I will and work that way. The thing about wildernesses is truly, if you're in a wilderness and you are seeking God, nobody 
who enters a wilderness leaves the same way. It will change you. It will change you. I've seen a few wildernesses. Before I got to know God. And yet when I reflect on those moments. The only explanation as to how I survived. Was I wasn't alone. been in that desperately lonely place. We go through wildernesses today. But you have to ask yourself, how did I get here? Did God lead me here? If he did, then he's ready to talk to you. Something's about to happen. But you have to be quiet and get in the word and listen to it. But search yourself. So you're not like Elijah who you went to the wilderness on your own accord. You're going to have issues there, but God will still find you. Father God, we just thank you that no matter what happens, where we go, how long that we are in the wilderness, you're there. And you give us ears to hear, that you give us eyes to see, and hearts open for you so that we can leave that wilderness and bring other people through their journeys, all for the purpose of glorifying your kingdom. And Lord, if there are distractions that we have in our own lives, sin, that we lay them at your feet right now and we say, take them. I turn away from those. Everything I have, I give to you. I lay at the cross. And I ask you to be in my waking and my sleeping, my walking, my running, my sitting, whatever I am inging doing. Because we're excited just to be with you. We just thank you for this day. And it's in your glorious name we pray. Amen.